0: therefore since we are surrounded surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses to the life of faith let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. us up and let us run, run with endurance the race way. god has set before us we do this by keeping our eyes on jesus
1: Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. Thank you that you are Emmanuel, God with us. Whether we are gathered corporately in a sanctuary like this, or whether someone is in this moment watching online, at home, in their office, or wherever it may be, Lord, you are omnipresent. You never leave. You're always there. So we thank you, and we celebrate that truth today. In the name of Jesus, everyone said, amen. amen. Do me a favor. This group has worked really hard, and they have prepared to do some special things and to lead us, which they have done a beautiful job of today. Can we just thank, No, hold on, not just the people that you see because there are a lot of people that you don't see that are behind the scenes, making sure all everything is working. So our tech crew and all of the creative arts and worship, can we just show our appreciation for them? I told, I told Josh, <laughs> backstage. Having been a worship pastor and a lead pastor, I will tell you it is far more stressful being a worship pastor in December than it is a lead pastor. So I am very grateful for the hard work everybody has put in. You know, um, we often forget as we read through the Bible, we forget that the people in the Bible are not just characters in a story, but they were real people with real families, with real emotions, with real circumstances, real life problems. I don't know how many of you have watched the series called The Chosen, but it's one of the reasons why I love that series because it brings the people in the Bible to real life. And I will plug that if you have no idea what I'm talking about. The Chosen is, a there are two seasons, I believe, and it's the story of the Gospels, and it's absolutely free. Just Google it and you will find out. But it just brings the people of the Bible to life. And one of my goals throughout this series of the Faith of Joseph has to, hopefully, you have experienced and it's brought Joseph's faith to life. To make his faith come alive amidst some amazing and incredibly difficult and stressful circumstances. Hopefully, hopefully you've come to understand the situation that Joseph and Mary were in. And how his faith led him to respond accordingly. And just in case you haven't fully grasped the circumstances in which Joseph was in. We put together a modern day video. Not of Joseph and Mary but of Joe and Mary. To make sure you understand, would you watch this video?
0: How can this happen? I'm just, I'm speechless. We were getting married. I thought God was with us. Every time she speaks, I get shivers to the bone. I feel so betrayed. I feel so alone. I don't believe it. I, I, I just, I, I can't. Because if it means what I think it does, then she's broken my heart. And, And she won't, she won't stop with the half-truths and the lies. <laughs> I feel like a fool. It breaks my heart. She left me for another guy. But what makes it worse is her obsession to lie. I don't want your excuses. All right, it's still deceit. At least give me the decency of admitting you're a cheat. She tells a story. Listen, Joe, an angel appeared. Is she out of her mind? Or is she just being weird? Joe, I'm with child, a boy, a son. You know, there's an heir to David's throne. She says, well, she says he's the one. <laughs> so you're giving birth to God's chosen son? This bun in your oven? Then he's the one? Look, just save it, all right? You made your bed. Go lie in it. Oh, hang on, you already did. And there was someone else there with you in it! Why did you do this to me? (laughs) I don't need this grief. I don't want a divorce, but it's the only course left for me. Then later that night, I had this dream. An angel turned up and said, Mary's record is clean. Don't cancel the wedding. Don't freak out. It was through God's Holy Spirit this miracle came about. The angel says, call him Jesus and he will save people from their sin. And then I woke up and did what he said. And a bit later on, Mary and I wed. A few months later, Jesus arrived. There were wise men with gifts and shepherds by his side. (laughs) I, I don't believe it. I just, I I can't, because if it means what I think it does, that's God incarnate. Here's one point I need to tell. Jesus' name is also Emmanuel, and that's good news that you can trust, because His name means God is with us. Powerful. Joseph was a
1: real man with real emotions and real feelings. I want to thank our creative arts director here at ACAC, Jen Lawler, who produced that and helped illustrate that. Joseph's faith led him to be righteous. When he found out about Mary's pregnancy, he didn't have any other options but to divorce her because it was God's way. It was God's standard. But Joseph's faith also led him to be righteous kind and compassionate and while he was a man of truth he was a man of compassion and he demonstrated that towards mary by deciding not to divorce her publicly but to doing it privately joseph's faith though also led him to be courageous against all social pressure against family dynamics and fear of what was to come joseph stood his ground for what he believed however Today, as we wrap up this series called The Faith of Joseph, there is one fruit of faith that Joseph demonstrated that stands out above righteousness, that stands out above compassion and kindness and even courage. And that characteristic must also be evident in our lives if we are going to say that we are a community of faith, that we're people of faith, or if we're going to say it is by faith. And that fruit of the faith or that characteristic is obedience. You see, you can desire to do the right thing. You can show kindness and compassion to others. You can demonstrate courage in the midst of crisis. And yet, if we don't simply obey God and the things that he asks of us, we are not living by faith. And so today, I hope you leave knowing and understanding in this text that we're going to look at is that the greatest demonstration of your faith to the world is to obey God his way, right away, all the way. You see, up to this point in Matthew chapter 18, verse 23, Joseph and Mary, you know, were engaged to be married, and Mary is found to be with child, and Joseph is faced with incredibly difficult decisions. Option one, divorce her publicly, even to the point that Mary may end up being stoned to death, or option two, divorcing her quietly. And as he considered these things we talked about last week, the angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream and says, Joseph, don't be afraid. Mary has been faithful to you. What is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And he tells Joseph, you're going to have a son and I want you to protect the child. I want you to protect Mary. Marry her. And then call your son Jesus. And so now that the angel of the Lord has come, Joseph is a point of decision. Is he going to obey and listen to the voice of God? Or is he going to follow through with the plans that he made? Which leads us to our verse for today. Two verses actually. Matthew chapter 1, verses 24 and 25. The word of the Lord says that when Joseph woke from sleep... He took his wife, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Did you catch that? Did you catch Joseph's respond? Joseph wakes up after a dream and he does exactly, he immediately does what God has called him to do. He doesn't ask any questions. He doesn't debate with God. There are no ifs, ands, or buts. He simply obeys by taking Mary to be his wife. He protects her. He protects the child and he calls his son, his adopted son, Jesus. Remember, Joseph had a plan that was all mapped out, a plan that wouldn't have involved dealing with years and decades of rumors, of disgrace, a plan that would have been much easier on Joseph. It would have been much easier on his family. Yet God speaks, and Joseph simply obeys with no questions asked. In fact, have you ever thought about, of all the people in the Christmas story, Joseph is the one that stands out that never asks any questions. You may remember Zechariah. Zechariah was a Jewish priest. He was the father of John the Baptist. He was married to one of Mary's relatives, Elizabeth. And this is told in the Gospel of Luke. And Zechariah and Mary or Zechariah and Elizabeth are married and the angel of the Lord appears to them just like he does to Mary and Joseph and says, hey, Elizabeth is going to be with child that God heard your prayer, Zechariah. You're going to have a son and your son is gonna be filled with the Holy Spirit and he is gonna prepare the way of the Lord and you should call his name John. And do you remember Zechariah's response? He says to the angel of the Lord, how can this be? I'm an old man and oh, by the way, my wife is too. Now we could debate, did the Lord shut his mouth and did he not speak because he criticized his wife or because he questioned God? But I would say it was because he questioned God. So the angel of the Lord comes and Zechariah does not speak for nine months until John the Baptist is born. Even Mary, if you read in the Gospel of Luke, the angel of the Lord appears to Mary and says that you're going to conceive of a child, but Mary, this child is conceived of the Holy Spirit. Your son will be great. He's going to be called son of the most high. He's going to reign over Israel. And what is Mary's response? Mary says to the angel, how can this happen? I am a virgin. Joseph responds in immediate obedience. Without saying or questioning a word, he gets up and he obeys. Now, some of you may be saying, well, you're over-exaggerating this one verse in Scripture or just maybe putting too much of an em- emphasis on it. But need, you need to realize that the author of this book, Matthew, seems to go out of his way to emphasize Joseph's immediate obedience to God, not just in verses 24 and 25, but also in other verses. Places of Scripture. So one chapter later in Matthew chapter 2, we see King Herod who was king over Judea. Remember the wise men come to the king and they say, we have come to see the baby. We have come to see this new king that is born. And Herod's power is threatened. So he seeks to kill Jesus. And once again, the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream. And he gives Joseph very specific instructions. And this time, Joseph is told to take Mary and to take his son Jesus south to the land of Egypt for their protection. And you remember how Joseph replies. What was Joseph's response to the angel of the Lord on taking this journey that would have taken probably about a week with a newborn child? How did Joseph reply to all of a sudden now being asked to be a refugee in a foreign land? Joseph responds in Matthew 2, verse 14, The Bible says, and he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. No questions, no debates, no ifs, ands, or buts. Joseph just replies and responds in obedience. And then within a couple years, most biblical scholars believe the angel of the Lord again appears to Joseph. This time the angel of the Lord says, hey, keep. King Herod and those men who were seeking to kill Jesus, they're no longer a threat. So I want you to return to Israel. Surely Joseph would ask a question at this point. God, are you sure? You asked me to protect the child. Are you sure you want me to go back to Israel? And again, in Matthew chapter two, verse 21, this is Joseph's response. He rose, he took the child and his mother and he went to the land of Israel. You know, it's striking to me that we have no record in the Bible of anything Joseph ever said. You can search through scripture and there is no quotes from Joseph. We have no record of anything Joseph ever said. All we know is what Joseph did. And Joseph's actions spoke volumes I don't believe it's a coincidence that God chose Joseph to be the adoptive father of Jesus. Again, the one chosen on earth to be the most significant influence in Jesus' life during his formative years. Think that God could have chosen anybody else on earth. He could have chosen Joseph, or rather Jesus, to be under the fatherly influence of a king. He could have chosen to put Jesus under the fatherly influence of the religious leaders of the day or a person, a father that had power and influence but instead he chose to place his son Jesus under the care of an obedient carpenter. Could it be that God wanted his son Jesus to be influenced by an earthly father who demonstrated what true faith looked like and that faith was obedience. I believe we get to see this picture even later in Luke's gospel. Jesus, the Bible says several chapters later, so Jesus is now 12 years old. And the Bible tells us that as Joseph and Mary were raising their son Jesus, every year they would take Jesus from Nazareth to Jerusalem for Passover. And on on this particular year, when Jesus was 12 years old, they are returning after Passover to the home of Nazareth, and they Joseph and Mary do something that most of us as parents probably have experienced that before. And they lost their child. The Bible says that they're traveling back to Nazareth and Jesus stayed in Jerusalem. How many of you had that happen to you? Okay, I am the only one that's ever done that. Well, I'm in good company because Joseph and Mary had the same thing happen to them. They're traveling back to Nazareth and they realize that Jesus is not there. And the Bible says Jesus stayed in the temple. And so it took them three days to find Jesus. And Joseph and Mary go back to the temple. And the Bible says that Mary is the one who speaks up. Again, it's not Joseph. Mary speaks up and says to Jesus, why have you done this to us? And Jesus replies by, why do you worry and search? Remember, this is a 12-year-old responding to his mom. Why did you worry? Don't you know that I needed to be in my father's house? And Mary and Joseph don't get it. But here's what we read immediately after that. Look what Jesus does in verse 51, Luke chapter 2. Then he, speaking of Jesus, returned to Nazareth with them. He returns with his parents. And he was what? He was obedient to his mom and dad. I love this line here. His mother stored all these things in her heart. And then the Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and in favor with all of the people. Under the care of Joseph and Mary, Jesus grew in wisdom as a child. He found favor with God and he found favor with those around him. He was obedient to Joseph, his earthly father, and to God, his heavenly father. You see, with Jesus, I believe the apple didn't fall far from the tree. Joseph was an obedient man. Jesus grew up to be an obedient man, fully God and fully man. The Apostle Paul writes about this in his letter to the Philippian church. Apostle Paul writes, he says, you must have the same attitude. He's speaking to the church in Philippi. You must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. That though he was God, Jesus did not think equally with God as something to cling to. Paul says, instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being, Paul writes. And then get this, when he appeared in human form, Paul says that Jesus humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's, a criminal's death on the cross. Jesus was obedient to his heavenly father to the point that he would go to death on a cross for you and I. And I have to wonder, even at 12 years old, if Jesus didn't learn obedience from his earthly father, Joseph. And again, the point for you and I today is that the greatest demonstration of your faith to the world is to obey God his way, right away, all the way. Joseph understood this. Joseph lived this, and so must we. We who are called people of faith, a community of faith, people who desire to live by faith. And for all of this year, as ACAC have said, it is by faith. If that is the case, then we will be people who obey God. Remember Jesus's words, the gospel of John. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. You realize that There also was another son of Joseph, a half-brother of Jesus, who wrote one of our books in the Bible. His name, the half-brother of Jesus, is James. And I I just found this fascinating. Joseph, this obedient father, raising boys with Jesus being one of them. In the book of James, in James' letter, see if this doesn't sound like Jesus or even Joseph. James writes, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you can say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions, can that kind of faith save anyone? Faith is not wishful thinking. Faith is not hoping or believing in an outcome. We've talked about this all throughout the year and especially the last few weeks. Faith is what? It is loyalty and allegiance to a person and James is saying it, Jesus has said it, Joseph demonstrated, it is not what we say, it is what we do. And So I would ask you, who's watching your faith right now? Who is watching your life of faith and what are they seeing? Not what are they hearing from you or what you're typing or saying, what are they seeing in you? Not those on your social media, what you tweet or post on Facebook. No. What are you living? What are your coworkers seeing in your faith? What is your family seeing? What is your spouse seeing? Dads, what are you modeling to your sons? What are you modeling to your daughters? I think you would agree we have enough examples of people of the faith speaking things but we need to be people that live faith out. The greatest demonstration of our faith is simply to obey God, to do it his way, right away, all the way. So as we close and as this team gets ready to sing this song, oh come all you faithful ones, I invite you, oh come you who are faithful, Come, you who are loyal, not to an outcome, but to a king and to a kingdom. Come, you who are allegiant to King Jesus. The king is born.